welcome to the Purpose Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition, a brand new edition of the Purpose Marriage Podcast. This is our first one of the year. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. 2021 is here. I think most of us are happy and grateful to see 2020 (laughs) fall by the wayside. Yes. Uh, What have we been up to here lately? It's been a few weeks since our last Last podcast. What do we have? We had Christmas. We had New Year's. We had family. Um, We seem to be doing okay physically as far as our health is concerned. Yeah. I mean, everybody is doing well. We were able to celebrate with my family and we celebrated Thanksgiving with Tommy's family this year, thankfully. So this year, uh, Christmas, it was only my family. Yeah, that reminds me of um, the time we were separated and we were discussing how uh, holidays were to be uh, run in terms of the children and just how things would be exchanged and uh i remember going through that thinking what a nightmare you know we we don't like you know what we don't have to worry about any of this stuff if we just restore and reconcile what is it called officially the family plan the family plan yeah yeah where you basically divide the time yeah with your children yeah yeah and so uh, since all that happened we've obviously we've been Restored, but I'm, I'm reminded of the tough time, tough times, I should say, that standards have to go through and experience uh, when dealing with uh, this time of the year. It's a festive season, but yet it's very hard, especially if you're uh, in the valley and you're walking through uh, the process of getting divorced, maybe you're fighting the divorce, maybe that hasn't started yet and you're trying desperately to hold on to your marriage. It's a tough time. Yeah. It's a very tough time. I know a few people have written in about that very subject. And I mean, I do, I do think it's always encouraging whenever they're the person that they're standing, you know, or they're standing for their marriage, but the other spouse is willing to be with them over the holiday season. I think that that's a really good sign Mm. because I know when I was, you know, in the deepest valley and running from the Lord, the last thing I wanted to do was spend any time with you, let alone a holiday. I mean, in fact, one holiday actually invited friends over. We had a Friendsgiving, as we called it. it, You called it that? (laughs) Yeah. I called it something else. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, calm down. Like, You're overmodulating here. 
But it's like, you know, you, you take on the words of the world and like try to make it well, you, fun. And you, yeah, you, just you, like they have those trash the dress. You know, when you get divorced, you trash your a, wedding dress. A divorce dress. party. Yeah, and you have a yeah. divorce party and burn your dress. I mean, well, here's the you thing. try to make something you, fun that's sinf- you, very sinful. You've already adopted the world's way of thinking. Right. And so uh, one way to legitimize that, it doesn't really legitimize it, but to give the illusion that you're not uh, steeped in sin and running right. from God is to rename things. Right. Just call it something else. Right, right. Right, and then... Well, I mean, people do that all the time with sin. It's like they, you know, they, they won't call it an affair. They'll, you know, call it um, something else. Or, you know, I mean, it's Good just, example. They'll call it something else. Yeah, let's cut that part out. <laughs> um, just roll with it. It's okay. Um, well, open marriage, right? Rather than... Yeah, okay. yeah. They'll, yeah, yeah you, you call it well, open marriage instead of... Yeah, you know, adultery. They're I not mean, it's, crucifying the flesh right. and holding but, back their tendencies. Right, and, but I mean, and now it's like, wait, what? They're getting way off course here. What, what are they talking about? Now, I'm I'm sharing that and talking about that because I just I want people to see like where I was mentally. We had friends giving. I mean, how ridiculous is that? But that's not to say that you know you might be experiencing that where your spouse or the prodigal is running and they're, you know, not wanting to spend time with you and they're, you know, having holidays going here and there and spending it with people that you're like, why in the world are they spending it with them? Like when we're family and we share children perhaps. And, you know, I just, I want to be with my family and they're wanting to be with other people. I mean, I was there and then, you know, God was able to restore all of that. Yeah, as I look back to that first Thanksgiving, uh, I think I was more angry uh, than anything else. Well, I was longing to be right. uh, in a restored relationship with you. It was... Uh, yeah, you were definitely I, I was, in the anger stage. Yeah, I mean, what was happening was wrong. I was not only anger angry because I was being hurt and this was being done, but I saw the effect it was having on our children. And so anything that you would do uh, to try to pacify me or, um, I guess, paint things in a better light. For example, I I do remember that you made me a plate and you were going to give that to me. Right. Well, as, as though... It's a peace you offering. were doing me a, a favor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, it was, it was you're not welcome offering. in our home anymore. But, I'll but give look you at food. how good a person I am. Right. I'm going to give you some of our Thanksgiving meal. Right. That way I can say I've done something. Well, and really, you know? I mean, it was, you know, I, I look at it now, though, and while you're exactly right, I mean, I thought, look at what a good person I am. You know, I mean, that's how I thought of it at the time. But, like, looking back and reflecting on it now, it's like, wow, what a slap in the face. Like, you know, it just, that seems so cold-hearted and very, just very, very much rubbing it in your face that, well, you're not invited, but here's a plate. You know, like, that's, that's not kind. You know, I mean, I just, I look back and think, wow, how would I have, 
How would I have interpreted that? I mean, I would have been angry. Like that's very, very. Well, I didn't. I didn't express outrage inwardly. No. I was quite outraged, right. and I would say if some of you, but I probably are, are going wanted the... to make you angry too. I mean, because early on, you know, in these like in the early stages, I think it was almost like a. I can do whatever I want. I have control of my own life now. You know, like that mentality where I don't care if you're angry. In fact, I might even do something to make you angry so you can just, you know, be outraged. But I knew that you wouldn't be outraged in front of me. Does that make sense? It was almost like a control tactic. Well, you were dreaming big. <laughs> and that was... That was... <laughs> That was part of it. That was, he says, he says, I, I was haven't, dreaming I big. haven't brought that up in a while. You haven't, but I had this, this big sign, um, uh, and I had put up in the office, and it said, <clears throat> excuse me, it said, dream big, because I was going to do all of these magnificent things now that I was out of the horrible relationship. You were free of the shackles, <laughs> yeah. and you were poised. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All I did was blow money that I should have held on to and, um, you know, traveled the country on little excursions that I had no business doing. I well, mean, I blew through a you were lot running. of money. You were running, and um, that was a season yeah. you were in. I'm thankful that, and I, I think that's a good reminder to people, like, these are seasons um you know you can't continue to if your spouse is running from the lord they can't continue to run like that i mean that season did not last that long at the time it felt like it was lasting for an eternity i'm sure to you well yeah it did seem that way at times <clears throat> in retrospect it's really um a drop in the hat compared to all of eternity uh the uh time spent suffering. Uh, but we both grew through that. We both grew through it, for sure. Uh, I, I would say, though, that you know, as, as we talk about this, dealing with the holidays and perhaps some of the insulting things that your uh, former spouse may be doing to you, I would impress upon everyone to ask the Lord to give you grace in dealing with them and to not let your righteous indignation uh, swell up and come out in anger right because that's very easy to do when you're being constantly help. hurt right and the, the children see that and, and they're looking to you as an example of how to live your life a life that uh, honors Christ and when they see you lashing out um, that doesn't help matters no for it sure doesn't. and I think had I seen you do that Part of me would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, I won. You know, I mean, honestly. like. Well, also, also, part of the reason and motivation for you wanting to get out of the marriage was because of my temper and my anger. And, um, you know, you provoking me um, at times, whether it was intentional or uh, you didn't mean to do it, uh, I think there was a part of you that wanted to see 
that temper come out. So you would have an excuse to yes. say, see, you still have it. Right. And yeah. um, I, I was I was aware of that. The Lord made me aware of that. And so I was I was on guard. It wasn't something that happened overnight. The Lord had to uh, teach me and show me. I had to uh, train up myself right. uh, through the power of Christ. Uh, I had a very good biblical counsel. I was reading scriptures, committing them to memory, uh, much fasting and praying. And so that all resulted in fruit that allowed me to deal uh, in a Christ-honoring way with the attacks that were coming at me. And right. over time, uh, that helped to shift uh, your thinking and perspective. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, you're exactly right. Like seeing those flare-ups, it was just a reminder. See, he's that way. He's never going to change. Um, he he can't he can't ever be changed from how he was. And then, you know, over time, I saw a huge, significant change. And I mean, that's that's how I knew that the Lord was truly working in you. But I think you also. I think for a lot of people, they don't recognize those things. And I feel like you recognize the anger right away. Even though I had been telling you for, what, 10 years, you're very angry. Like, you need to deal what with anger? this. What anger? Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? Well, I just got mad because you did this, you know. But you actually recognized and acknowledged, okay, this is a problem in my life, and now I have to take action. Well, you can't just recognize it and not take any action when steps. the Lord gets a hold of your life and you come to repentance uh, that mirror uh, stands in front of you and you're able to see uh, the things in your eyes you're able to see the planks the logs in your own eyes that have been there all right. along that you haven't been able to see because you're too worried about the other person. the little specks that are in your right. neighbor's eyes well, and I think that also that comes with spiritual maturity. Uh, you know, in time, you start to evaluate yourself much, much more. You see yourself clear, clearly, like all of those little things that... Well, you begin holding yourself to higher standards. Right. Uh, you, you have the Lord uh, helping you work on your convictions and and your day-to-day -day actions, even the words that come out of your mouth, and you are, you are refined by the fiery trials that you go through. Uh, it can be a time of re refinement. It can be a time of uh, rebellion. Rebellion, yeah, yeah. Where it could go the opposite direction, and uh, maybe that's where some of you find your prodigal spouse now. Uh, this, this turmoil has come upon you in your marriage, and, you know, we're presented a choice. We can either follow the Lord or follow uh, the worldly wisdom and lean on our own understanding and choose a path that ultimately is destructive and not honoring to the Lord. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I, I sort of feel like we've, uh, <laughs> before we got into the show, we actually had the show. Yeah, we're And already, now we're done. We're yeah, ready for exactly. we, prayer time. We uh, definitely took a little more introduction time than, than normal. A longer intro, that's but right. that's okay. Well, the title for today's show is Experiencing Growth 
through suffering. And uh, uh, we put this together. I wanted to talk about suffering because of the season that we're in and because it's, it's, so, uh, it's so tough for many of us to deal with. Right. Uh, we do have a theme verse. It's actually verses today, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. We're going to read that, and then we're also going to, uh, as we have done in other podcasts, explore that verse. We'll break it down and hopefully have some uh, good, uh, good advice for our listeners based on what we read in God's Word. Amy, go ahead and read that passage for me, if you would. Okay, again, this is 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Okay, thank you. The first part of this passage tells us that we need not be surprised at the fiery trial that comes to test us. When we went through our trial, Amy, I'll answer this too, of course, did you have a sense of this verse and that we were being tested? <laughs> I mean, did you, did you view it, it is, as a test? No, it is a very easy answer. Absolutely not. I, I think it's as we kind of were previously discussing, I think it's very difficult for you to recognize a fiery trial or a test from the Lord when you're actively running. Like I was in rebellion. And so as I was... Wait, so let me understand. So did you consider it a blessing from the Lord? Yeah, I mean, I looked at it as... Or did you just, if you're running from the Lord... Perhaps you didn't care. I didn't even, yeah, I, like I didn't even acknowledge. It was just something I was it. going through. Yeah, I mean, it was just something I was going through. And if anything, I thought of it somewhat as a blessing. Like this is, you know, you, I'm sure our listeners have heard, God, God, God told me that this is the okay path to take. You know, I'm always. Yeah, your, your prodigal has told you this, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is crystal clear to them. They know that God's path does not include you. a life with you. Right. Um, and there's no changing their mind. God has told them, and that's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, that's that was that was the case for me. I mean, and God didn't say anything. Plus, like the whole audible voice from God. I mean, you know, like I'm <laughs> I'm always very hesitant when people use that phrase God told me yeah, that's that's uh, it's not to say God cannot speak to you right but right. I think there are some who have uh, said things like that right uh, um, I know I've heard and it turns out that well maybe that wasn't God who told you that because uh, you're not seeing good fruit result from this right and I mean you know to discern God's voice and what you hear from the Lord Really, you have to go back to the Bible. Is it supported by Scripture? Yeah. Is me leaving my husband and pursuing a divorce biblically based? No. I mean, I had zero. Well, the what you hear from the Lord will be validated by Scripture. Right. All right. I had zero that's, reason. That's the test to pursue, you know, divorce. Why? Because you were angry, and because we needed to. Yes, we needed to address some of those issues, but it didn't 
mean that I should have continued to walk forward well, towards divorce? Uh, so you, I don't, I don't think you were surprised that things ended the way that they did. I mean, given my uh, destructive patterns, uh, the way I uh, allowed my emotions to rule, uh, the things that I was uh, consuming my eyes with, and, uh, it, it, it wasn't a recipe for a healthy marriage. No. So I don't think you were surprised when things crumbled, although uh, you at the time chalked it up to, well, it, it just it didn't work out. This was meant to be dissolved. It, it never not, was meant to it be, It wasn't period. meant to be. Yeah, I remember you saying that right. uh, we weren't, even married. We are not married. We are not husband yeah. and wife. And I remember, boy, it was a day like today. Actually, it was um, rainy. Rain, it was very rainy. Yeah. And I had you on the phone and you said, we're not married. Um, we are not husband and wife. And I remember arguing with you at the time saying, you know, I was there <laughs> at the wedding. When you, when you gave your vows. <laughs> So, what exactly? What, what exactly about. are we? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I was just, just, you know, that was just justifying what I was doing, running from the Lord. Like, if I could say that, well, we were never married because you didn't really mean your, you know. Oh, and we can justify yeah, anything, you can, but you have to bend over backwards and twist things and turn them into pretzels, right? And none of them make any sense. No, it's, they don't. It's. Um, it's not logical a lot of times. Um, like the example we just gave, right. oh, we are not married. Okay, well. <laughs> or we I, were never, you know, we were never supposed to be together in the first place. I never really loved you. I'm sure our listeners have heard probably at least one or all of those things. And it's what that is. I married I, the wrong person. Yes, I mm. married the wrong person. Um, we were too young. I mean, there are so many excuses and reasons, you know, for people to try to justify their actions. But I, I want our listeners to know that even though I said those things, you know, that we're not married and I never loved you and we weren't supposed to be, I didn't, I didn't mean any of those things. Of course I loved my husband. I mean, we were married for 10 years. We had three beautiful children together. Um, all that was, it's not like that, that was the truth. All that was, was justification for my sinful behavior so that I could get out of our marriage and I could feel like that it was okay. Mm. Well, uh, I can tell you that when all this started, uh, things came crashing down. I knew right away this was a fiery trial. Right. Destruction came, and it came swiftly. And I knew that, I again, we've talked about this before, but there are going to be two paths. You can either continue to do things the way you have done, which I had done for 10 years. Right. I can go down that road and try to fight this or turn to my flesh or pursue other things that do not honor the Lord, or... I can at long last get my life right with God, confess my sins, repent, and allow Him to transform me and uh, hopefully save my marriage. 
and that's what happened. Uh, but make make no mistake, I was I was very aware um, that uh, what I was facing was a uh, was was a trial, and there were choices that I right. could make along the way. And I knew there was a lot at stake. Right. Not only our marriage, but the future of our children. Our children looking yeah. at the statistics of uh, children who uh, grow up in divorced households. I mean, they're at risk for many, many things that otherwise they wouldn't be. And I didn't want them to have that future. I didn't want that to be my legacy. Uh, and most of all, I, I didn't want that, um, that stain upon me and upon uh, my children because of my actions. And I wanted, uh, I wanted others to see that uh, this was a marriage that, that did honor the Lord and that I was leading by example and not uh, following my own lead. And God had to work uh, all that out. But um, obviously God uh, did uh, restore our marriage, uh, but it was, it was no picnic for sure uh, walking through that fiery trial. Right. Uh, well, in the context of the fiery trial being a test, there should be obvious right and wrong answers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In, in Scripture, we, we hear of people being tested. The Lord tested this person or that person. Right. So it, typically, if you hear of someone taking a test, they're taking the test, there's a right answer, and, and wrong. there's a wrong answer. Right. Right. Uh, how should we view our options related to marriage? And I'm going to give... Uh, three different examples here of either or, right. all right, and you can you can decide uh, which one the true believer or follower of Christ should take. All right, so uh, the first scenario is stand or flee. Remember, this is we're being go we're going through a test, a fiery test. We're presented with the first set of options: do we stand or do we flee? Right. Well, what's the answer there for well, the I mean, believer? You, you stand. Right. Yeah, you stand for truth. You, I mean, and really, this can be in any trial, not just for your marriage. You know, we often talk about, obviously, the, the stand for your marriage, but this is an all truth. You, you stand. You don't, you know, I mean, you don't just run away and... Well, you know, too, on, on this note of, of standing, do we stand or flee? I, I would say we continue to stand. We don't stand for uh, six months a period, right. or a year or two years and then decide, well, I guess I had it wrong for those two previous years. Now I'm going to flee and get out and stop standing. Uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Right, right. Uh, repent or rebel. Well, you repent, you know, the mm. right way is to repent. Godly godly sorrow, or is it godly repentance? Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that is where transformation, that is when transformation occurs. Happens, yeah. right. When the Holy Spirit convicts us and we, um, we make amends for right. those sins. And, and we, I think a lot of our standards are probably seeing the opposite, the, the, rebel, the rebellion, um, you know, they'll see their spouse double down, you know, and, and whatever it is that they're either accusing them of or what they're choosing to do, 
in their rebellion, it's like the last thing that they're going to do oftentimes is repent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're going to rebel and that rebellion, you know, will last a season, but like we discussed, you can't run from the Lord forever. Mm. And so eventually, you know, if they are a Christian, I, I think that, that there's a time where the Lord will do something dramatic to get their attention. Um, in our case, you know, my the passing of my mother. My mom's death was the big event that had to take place in, in my life. All right. Hate or forgive? Hate or forgive? Now, clearly, this should be an obvious one, but for standers, uh, I would say we we struggle with uh, hating some of the things that our prodigal is doing to us. And right. we might even be begrudging them. Or perhaps you've allowed uh, bitterness to uh, grow inside your Take heart. Root. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it it's fully possible for that hateful spirit to reside in the life and the heart of somebody who claims to follow Christ. Right. If we're you know, uh, not following Christ's lead and not uh, putting inside of us the things that uh, we're supposed to. Right. And I, I think also, you know, with this hate or forgive, you can also look at that as hate or love. I mean, mm-hmm. what does the Bible say that if we love others, you know, we will forgive them? And so I, I think that that's really important for the act of forgiveness, not just a word, you know, like oftentimes I would say to you, I forgive you. No, I didn't, you know, I didn't forgive you, um, for a long period of time. I I thought this is, if this is what forgiveness looks like, I don't (laughs) want any part of it. I take it back. Don't, don't forgive me. Yeah. During separation and divorce, I would say, yeah, yeah, I forgive you. And it's like, no, I didn't know what I wasn't clearly seeing forgiveness, how Christ forgives. And it really took a while for me to grasp that. Um, But once I realized what forgiveness meant and what love looked like, sacrificial love um, from Jesus Christ, you know, where he he gave his life for us on the cross. then when you when you put it in that perspective, then you understand what true forgiveness is. And I think one of the things that came from that is when we got back together, you know, when, when the Lord brought us back and joined us together, um, I did not focus on all these wrong things Tommy had done. And really, for 10 years, it was just like, I had the list of here are all the things that he has done. Well, I gave you plenty to put on that list. I will <laughs> acknowledge that. Right. I mean, and and you did, but I, I think you have to come to the point where, you know, to to love like Christ's love, he doesn't count wrongs, you know, and when he we... He holds no record of wrongs. Right. And when we came back together, you know, the Lord had to really... <clears throat> excuse me, the, the Lord had to really take that, you know, from me um, where I wasn't reminded of all of these things that had been, you know, done in past years. Um, 
And I mean, at that point, I had had plenty of my own things <laughs> that I had done that I needed, you know, forgiveness for. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, working, working through that and understanding what true forgiveness looks like, um, and it truly is an act of love. Well, uh, I think we've uh, satisfactorily answered that question there. Uh, of those three examples, stand or flee, repent or rebel, hate or forgive. And even for the stander, uh, I'll, I'll say that there may be times where you are tempted to choose the wrong answer, and we want to strongly encourage you not to because they do not produce uh, good Christ-honoring uh, results that will bring you any kind of happiness, right. long-term ha happiness or joy. I mean, that just leads towards destruction, further destruction when you choose the path that's opposite from Christ. Right. Recognize that you are in a test and there are right and wrong answers. Choose the right answer. Right. That's what we're trying to tell you. Uh, so we are told to rejoice insofar as we share in Christ's suffering. How can those standing for their marriage do this? And specifically, what will this look like? Uh, I'll let you think on that for just a second, okay. Amy. And I can tell you that uh, the, the notion or concept of rejoicing in the midst of suffering is not something that is adopted by, by many, I would say. It's a, uh, it's a foreign concept. Right. Uh, boy, you're, you're miserable, you're sad, you're lonely, and here God is telling you, no, be happy and rejoice. Oh, right. Rejoice in yourself. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us right. if we're thinking uh, through our own emotions and human understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, when we put it in the context of uh, there being a solidarity with Christ and his suffering and that we are a part of that, and also in the context of kingdom building and making right. a stand for him and advancing you know, his agenda, it does make a little bit more sense. And he suffers along with us. He is right there suffering along with us. That's right. So um, let's, let's talk about these things that we can be rejoicing over while we're going through this, this trial. And um, I, I can say, I mean, if you're, if you're alive and well, you're living, you're breathing, right. that is a blessing from the right. Lord. You are able to function. I mean, really, it's all about context and um, looking at your circumstance. Not that we should uh, spend a whole lot of time comparing our circumstances to others, but when you consider how much harder some people have it, uh, it, it, it seems to minimize uh, what you're the severity through. of what you might be going through. Right. I remember uh, when we were walking through this, I would be reading testimonials of others who were going through divorce. And um, boy, I was, I was so grateful that I wasn't having to deal with some of those issues. I mean, it was hard enough dealing with what we were, but right. uh, they were talking about multiple affairs or uh, children out of wedlock and um, incarceration, a drug, I mean, just a whole mess. And I thought, wow, how are those people dealing with all of you know, the hand issues. they've been dealt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was some context there for me. And um, based on the counsel I was receiving, which was very good biblical counsel, 
I helped develop a godly perspective and um, was, was truly grateful for the fact that uh, even though we were separated and later uh, were divorced, I was still a part of your life and the children's right. lives. Right. Uh, I was there, you know. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, that, will, that will lead to another thing that I had, and that was the hope of restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I took joy in that. Uh, knowing that one day the Lord would restore our marriage and that our family would be reunited, and that was very, uh, that was very encouraging for me when I was in the depths of despair to think of a time when the Lord would bring us back together, uh, and it was something that I uh, believed in faith would happen. Right. Uh, well, and I think also, whenever you whenever you hope in that, you hope in restoration, you know, I think that we should back up a little bit further even. And I know that your first hope was that I would restore my relationship with the Lord, um, that I would come back to a personal walk with the Lord. Yeah, that was the on the very top of my prayer list, that right. the Lord would grab a hold of your heart and transform you uh, I, I knew once that was accomplished, then, you know, everything else would uh, fall into place and things would be, things would be aligned uh, the way they should have been all along. Right. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to put the cart before the horse when it comes to prayer. God, save my marriage. Well, what about your prodigal's heart? Oh, yeah, maybe I should be praying that about that first. first. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I think, too, and I mean, I'm speaking for you a little bit on this so you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think that there came a point where you recognized wow Lord this is so like this is heading for destruction complete destruction and at this point there is nothing I can do there's nothing Amy can do like this if it's going to be restored it can only be done by your hands and with your grace and your mercy. Um, and I, I mean, I think when you see things go so far south, I know it sounds a little bizarre, but it's like the hope for restoration. I think part of that is understanding that, wow, God, like I give this completely over to you because at this point, no, nothing can be done except for you to radically change both of our hearts and our minds and save this. Um, I mean, and I feel like that, you know, hope in God's favor, you know, you, you, you hope that God will have favor upon you. Well, as no you're, matter as how you're, destructive. as you're being obedient, right. Uh, you know, it seems a little counterintuitive there where you're following the Lord you're doing what's right, and yet all these bad things are happening to you. And continue to happen, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I go back to the first part of that verse there, where it says, do not be surprised at the fire yes. trial when it comes upon you to test you. Uh, so, I mean, we should we should come to expect these things if we are living for the Lord. Right. And I even, mean, even, even, even if we're not living for the Lord, they can come. But um, I, I will tell you, and this, this verse was um, uh, shared with me, by a couple different pastors. And so when I was at the height of my suffering, 
uh, I was reminded that making a stand for the Lord, standing for your marriage, uh, enduring that suffering and pain, uh, that was all about aligning yourself with Christ and being uh, uh, being in the oneness with Him. With Him, right. And that He was there suffering alongside of you. And what gave me uh, strength uh, was knowing uh, what He did for us on the cross and looking to Him as the example. And I've said this many, many times, that as even as He was being uh, crucified, being uh, mocked and beaten, he was forgiving and loving. He was enduring that, all of it, willingly. He was enduring it uh, because of love. Right. And he is our example. I mean, uh, that's who we are to look to. And so uh, he was my inspiration, and I hope he's yours as well. So we have a hope of restoration, hope of God's favor, and also the hope of future glory. You right. know, this life here, it's not the end. It is, it is temporal, right. uh, our experience here on this earth. And we, uh, we look forward to uh, the next life as um, we leave this earth. And so uh, what is it? We, we say it's but a vapor, our, our experience here. Life is here. but a vapor, yeah, yeah from, from James. Yeah, and so all this suffering, everything that you're experiencing right now, which might seem like an eternity... <laughs> To you, uh, it's just a little blip. Right. It, it really is, and you need to have that perspective. If you are a true follower of Christ, your future is filled with glory, uh, with Christ in heaven. Right. And so that should that should give us joy. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's not hard to. I'm sorry. I should say it, it's not easy to uh, remember that when we're being mocked and ridiculed and, and you're suffering and, and you're suffering but that's what we need to we need to train ourselves to start thinking that right. way and ask the Lord to help transform our mind yeah I, and, and I put think away those those negative thoughts that a lot of times they come from ourselves but they also come from the enemy who right. seeks to derail us, us or derail a potential uh, reconciliation and right. restoration and I think that that is so important like your mindset and what you focus on. And I love that in this verse, you know, it says when the trials come and you're, you're being tested, um, don't look at it as though something strange were happening to you. You know, it, it's almost like be reminded that this is not, this is not uncommon or this is not something that it's just strange and you're like, I don't know what's happening. You know, we've heard that a lot. I don't know what's happening to me or I don't know what happen is happening to my my prodigal spouse. Like they're acting so strange. Everything is just so, you know, out of the it, it it's it's just not right. You know, like this is not how it should be. And you know, God tells us don't look at it that way. Change your perspective. Understand that this is a time that I'm using to build your character. And, um, you know, I mean, I think that the perspective really is has a lot to do with how we view things. Yeah, and I think you've sort of answered the next question, which was in terms of growth, in what ways has the Lord changed you as it relates to bringing you into closer fellowship with Him? You mentioned perspective, and I think that's key. And when we experience these fiery trials, we need to ask ourselves, Lord, 
I am experiencing this. What are you trying to teach, teach me? me. Mm-hmm. Um, Not why is this happening to me? What is going on in my life right now that needs to be changed? How should I be being transformed to be more like you? Uh, the fiery trials, and this is uh, a comparison to somebody uh, making armor in mm-hmm. the days of ancient warfare where they would use the fire to wield uh, steel and metal to shape it into what they wanted. And that's, that's sort of... Yeah, to protect um, you from the fiery darts. Yeah, that's what we're, we're talking about here. We want the Lord um, to transform us, and it is painful. You think about that hot fire and, mm-hmm. you know, what those experiences are like for us. But, you know, when we come through the fire onto the other side... We're a new creation. Right. Yeah, you look at the raw materials that go into uh, the process of forging a, a, a weapon, like a, a, a sword, and the, the banging, the beating, and uh, the tempering, and everything that happens to that to raw material mm-hmm. to get it from point A to point B. Right. But then when it's finished, you look, this is something beautiful. Right. This is a new creation. And uh, so that's the illustration that we're using. You know, God is going to use these uh, fiery trials to transform us and to make us into His likeness. So ask yourself those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what, can, what can we say uh, to encourage folks to adopt a godly perspective relating to suffering? I have three things here, and we'll sort of uh, wrap things up uh, by mentioning these. What's the first, Amy? Yeah, I expect hard times when doing right in God's eyes. Yeah, and I would tell you, I would, I would also say that, you know, if we're not being effective as a disciple of Christ and we're not impacting the world, uh, the enemy probably isn't going to be doing much to attack us. Right. In other <laughs> words, if we're not a threat, they're just going to leave us alone. Right. Now, if you're living for the Lord and you're making a stand, well, then those attacks are going to come. And you should expect don't be, them. Don't be surprised by right. it. That's right. Uh, next one, fill your mind with gospel truths so you don't fall into despair. And I will tell you that when we went through uh, the experience we did, when I was at my saddest uh, state, it was normally when I abandoned Scripture and... Uh, basically put myself in the corner and began to wallow in self-pity. And um, that happened occasionally early on. I was, I was so emotional and, and saddened. Uh, over time, that changed, and it, it allowed me to uh, focus more on God's promises and hope rather than uh, the, the despair that I was dealing with. And so uh, you need to commit to spending time in Scripture, committing Scripture verses to memory, so when those negative thoughts do enter your head, you're immediately able to combat them and throw them aside with the truth of the Scripture. Right. That is so important. And the the last one is look for opportunities to minister to others in the midst of their suffering. Right. So what is what would that actually look like, do you think? Well, I mean, I think that there were several occasions where I know for a fact, I mean, I know what we've done now, but when you were going through this experience, 
I know you would oftentimes um, volunteer at church and serve in certain ministry opportunities where you saw someone had a need and you worked to help fulfill that need. And what that does is it doesn't make you focus on all the pain and suffering you're going through. You recognize that others are going through other things that are difficult and it takes that focus off of you and it allows you to help someone else in need. Yeah, it does. It changes your focus for sure. Right. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities for you to serve others. I mean, I know in our church, I mean, we have so many different ministries. Even now, I mean, during this difficult period of COVID and um, they're, they're constantly asking for you know, people to serve on different in different ministry aspects. Um, you know, one of the ones that I'm, I'm a part of the biblical counseling ministry, we're, we're still, people are suffering, people are hurting. So we are still meeting those needs, um, through zoom, you know, it doesn't, we're not meeting with people in person, but, um, you know, prayer, the prayer ministries, benevolence ministries, um, yeah, so if you can't physically go out and do something, you can certainly minister from home. Right. Uh, be it in prayer or be it, you know, electronic correspondence. And, and one And encouraging minute, that way. Right. And, and one, one thing, especially during this hard, difficult time, you know, people in nursing homes um, that are not allowed to have visitors, just writing a a kind note, you know, to, to some, one of your elderly neighbors or, um, to someone in a nursing home or a facility, assist, a, assisted living facility. There are always ways that you can minister to others, but you have to look for those opportunities. So expect hard times when doing right in God's eyes, fill your mind with gospel truths so you don't fall into despair and look for opportunities to minister to others in the midst of their suffering. Key points that we need to remember. Well, we have some encouraging verses that we want to share here. We always do this, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Amy, read the first if you would. All right, the, the first one is from Romans 5, 3 through 5. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's a great verse. That's that's the same one I used years ago. Uh, this this goes along, well, I didn't plan this, but uh, that song by Wayne Watson, Wayne Watson, Friend of a Wounded Heart. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, putting together a little video with... Uh, photos uh and it was a time where i was i was walking through this right. I, I was so very sad and discouraged and i i turned to the lord and allowed him to use the measly talents that i thought i had to put something together uh that i thought could be a blessing to others that's right. what we're talking about being a blessing all right and so i i put together a little um photo image slideshow mm-hmm. uh set with a backdrop of this, this music. Right. Yeah, and I remember as I was putting it together, assembling it, I was crying. 
right. because it was ministering to me as I was putting it together. And I've shared it with many. Maybe I'll link to it uh, uh, in the uh, show notes here or the, right. the description of this podcast. Y'all can watch that. Maybe it'll be a blessing to you. But yeah, yeah, so true. Uh, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing what that suffering is going to produce, produce. in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, next verse is Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Next one. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And that verse essentially sums up our ministry here. <laughs> right. The fact that we've walked through this, the Lord has delivered us, and now it's our uh, duty and responsibility to do likewise. Right. You know, help those. Encourage mm -hmm. others who are standing for their marriages. First Peter three fourteen. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of, excuse me, carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. I feel like that verse should be made into a song. <laughs> I think it I think, I think it, it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 1 Peter 2:21 For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So look to him. Look at the example that he gave for us. That's that's the lead we're to follow. Right. Uh, well, now is the time where we're going to go ahead and share some prayer requests uh, sent in from our listeners. We do this with the intent of helping, like we say, to build an army of prayer warriors who can join you in this spiritual battle for your marriage. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to read on air, please email us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and make sure that you put in the subject line on air prayer. We have a few we're going to read today. Uh, I'll read the first one. This is from Alfonso, uh, and he gives us an update from his previous prayer request. Uh, Thank you again and again for your testimony. I have moved out into my own apartment at my wife's request. She filed for divorce the same week I moved out. There is almost no contact between us, and it is very difficult to deal with. I am still believing and hoping for salvation for my wife and a complete softening of her heart and the restoration of our marriage. I have received and continue to receive numerous confirmations from the Lord through His Word, in particular the entire 33, 33rd chapter of Jeremiah. Everywhere I look, I am reminded of the number 33, whether at home or work or on the road, which leads me back to that particular chapter in the Bible. I'm going to pause right there because that's so great that the Lord is giving him things that take him back to his word. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, 
not something that's going to cause him to lean on his own understanding or something vague right. that he has he to goes figure back out. Back to the Bible. That's right. right. Whether at home or work on the road, which leads me back to that particular chapter in the Bible. It looks like nothing is changing. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. Right. And in fact, getting worse. And all I have is God's word to stand on. I pray for a miracle and that my wife's eyes, heart, and spirit are open to the Lord. I pray that a change is done in both of us according to his will. Thank you again for your ministry. And Alfonso, thank you so much for giving us that update. I can tell you that uh, it really resonated uh, with me because I could have probably written exactly the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, had I had an opportunity to to send in something to a ministry. In fact, I did <laughs> to other ministries. Right. Uh, I mean, it's al almost word for word what I was experiencing. And, right. Uh, I want to offer up hope because, uh, you know, our, our marriage right now is an example of what God can do and continue to believe in faith that God can restore. But, you know, you are right to uh, put for first the fact that your wife's heart needs to be made right with God. So right. you all out there. Please lift up uh, Alfonso and his wife, Shannon, if you would. Amy, uh, go ahead and read the next one. Yes, the next one comes to us from Moses, and he says... It might, it might be Moises. Maybe it's Moses. I maybe think it's it Moises. is. I mean, it could be Moises, but I think it's... I think it's... We what, could be, we would, we could yeah, be we completely Yeah, we could be butchering off. this, but I think it would be translated as Moses. Okay. Um, in, in our language. Okay, so he had just listened to our most recent episode. And in that episode, our last episode, we had um, asked people if they had updates to update us. And so he's giving us a little update here. Um, not much has changed at the surface level between my prodigal and I. I only speak to her regarding the children, and that has come from me being in complete stillness before the Lord. God has blessed me as a father as well as my finances and my health as my very young children continue to grow in the Lord and in their own prayer lives. Pause right there, yeah. uh, because what he is doing is he is he's not wallowing in despair, right. and he is... Uh, I think right here is demonstrates how he's taking joy and rejoicing in the fact that he has been given much. Right. Much he has to be grateful for exactly. right now, despite yeah. his circumstances. Yes. Okay, continue. Um, God has commanded me several times from the very beginning of this to be still and surrender control, to essentially disappear from her and be removed from the situation. Speak as little as possible, and that's what I've done. The result is that it has allowed me to completely shift my focus from the storm to Christ instead. And this is exactly exactly what we were talking about earlier, too. Like, your perspective is mm -hmm. so important, and I love that his focus here has been shifted, and he is aware of that. Um, I love my wife with all of my heart and always will, but my happiness does not depend on her. It depends on the Lord. That being said, my sole reason for desiring restoration now is for the glory of God and nothing else, whether restoration comes or not. I have learned to be content in any situation. I will share this, though. I had two dreams back-to-back -back this past July that we were once again restored. 
Before the first dream, I had prayed for God to communicate to me somehow that night of any topic, nothing specific. I dreamt that we were restored. I woke up in the middle of the night and began to pray to God to confirm to me somehow if that came from him and that if he could make it more obvious. I ended up falling asleep in the middle of my prayer and that's when the second dream of restoration arose all in one night and it was more obvious like I had asked. A few days after those two dreams, I was reading through Joseph's story in Genesis for the first time and I realized this verse. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the two things, because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Genesis 41, 32. God bless you both. Thank you for uh, submitting that, Moses. Uh, Boy, you have a a great perspective there. I I would say uh, if I didn't know any better, you would be somebody who's on our end trying to give (laughs) advice to uh, standards uh, and prodigals. Uh, And uh, the Lord does indeed uh, speak to us, and He can through uh, various things, uh, dreams being one of them. Uh, I I can tell you I've had uh, experiences throughout the course of my stand. Uh, I had many, many dreams, uh, sometimes being awakened in the middle of the night and being uh, directed to Scripture. I've shared that before. And so we want to be grateful for those things that God gives us that helps to uh, strengthen our faith and increase our faith Mm -hmm. uh, to help us continue down the road that we aren't. because it's a hard road and we need the Lord's help. Uh, Again, thank you for that update. And last one here comes from John. Uh, His message is, My covenant wife and I have been legally divorced for two years. Our communication has been positive and increasing over the past year. Please continue to keep us, John and Rhoda, in your prayers. Please pray that we both be fully reconciled to our dear Lord and to each other, all for His glory, honor, and praise. Uh, as short and sweet, John, we want to thank you for that, but you've got the right perspective there, all for the glory of God. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you have been having positive uh, interactions uh, with your uh, former wife, even though you're, you've been legally divorced. Mm-hmm. That's good, I mean, right. compared to having absolutely no, no communication. communication right so and uh, that's something know, to be grateful for and i think before we you know move on and close up in prayer um i just wanted to share this god has kind of laid this on my heart cuz many of the prayer requests that we receive you know are people a lot of times in desperate situations just trying to have as many people possible praying for them um but we have been receiving so many uplifting updates. Um, they haven't been asked to share on air, but I am so encouraged uh, because we have been receiving so many lately of situations like John, where they're having great communication, and even in some where the prodigal has turned back and, you know, they've turned back their relationship with the Lord. They've walked 
back into a personal relationship with him and then they're coming back to their spouse and they may not be quite restored yet. Um, but I mean, we've heard, you know, at least within the last week, I believe there have been three different accounts of similar situations and it's just, it's so encouraging. Well, God is definitely moving Yes, and he moves uh, as a result of our obedience. Right. When we follow and we trust in him. Right. Yeah. He is faithful. So it's very, it's very, very encouraging for, for us and our listeners to hear those, you know, wonderful stories as well. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, if, if you would like to uh, submit something to us in terms of a prayer request that you would like read uh, during a broadcast, please uh, send that to us, prayer at purposedmarriage.org. There's, There's also, also a, a form mm-hmm. uh, on our website. Uh, where you can just fill out the form and make sure you put in the subject heading uh, online prayer. I think it actually. I think might it put it the, in the there form. For you. The form does it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I did that <laughs> to make it easy for people. <laughs> and to make actually it easy make it for easy, you. <laughs> easy, easy for me when the uh, emails come in, You're so right. I can identify them. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can. Uh, share and hopefully encourage those who are listening. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word, uh, and we are thankful that even in the midst of our fiery trials, Lord, that you are there uh, and that we have hope, and there there is to be, uh, in the midst of our suffering, uh, there is to be found joy. Uh, Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. Lord, I pray that you would continue to uh, transform us and make us more like you. Uh, Lord, for these prayer requests that were mentioned, Lord, for each and every one, I pray that you would move in the situations, uh, draw a prodigal's hearts back to you, and help us to continue to remain strong and grounded in your word. Lord, as we are entering this new year, Lord, I pray that you would uh, let this be a year of restoration for many of us. And Lord, if it doesn't come this year, uh, for those who are standing, Lord, I, I pray that you would equip them to uh, stay in this for the long haul, as long as it takes. But Lord, always make them mindful of who they are serving and that they are standing for you. Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done for us, Lord. Uh, And again, thank you for this time. Go with us now, Lord, and in everything we say and do, may it bring honor and glory to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.